Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I'm delighted to be joined this evening by Shawnee O'Leary. Shawnee, welcome along. Hello, Liam. How do we do this again? <laughs> well, it was a bit, bit raw coming in there to start. Fumbled over my words. That's okay. We're, Good to be back. Good to be Great. back. Good to be back. Shawnee's coming to us live from his home office, which is a granny flat at the back of his house. Man, Johnny, work from home solid for the last 15 the last months here at Melbourne. Yep. We've got Giggles as well. Giggles, welcome along. Thanks, Liam. Good to be back. Giggles is coming to us live from his kind of, kind of, his kind of like a upstairs attic room in Elwood. That's, that's, that's a decent way to describe it, yeah. Yeah, and in very sad news, we'll just tell the listeners now, what's well, not going to affect the AGA, but Giggles is, that's good news for lots of listeners because they live in Ireland, but Giggles is on his way back to Ireland in four weeks' time, Giggles, is that right? Less three and a half weeks now, Liam. Yeah, three and a half weeks. So we just got the news only. It'll be the good AGA Southern correspondent. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> west. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so, yeah, so that all came about very quickly, Giggles. But we're excited for you, but we're very, very sad no, that you're, like, you're going as well. We don't like him anymore. No, we we'll, no we don't no we don't. But we will um we will make the most of him while he's here for the next few weeks because he does offer sometimes different insights than you and me, Shani. So we we keep him going for the, for the next few weeks until we get replacement. Interviews will be held <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, great to be back. It's been a long time since our last episode. Mix of reasons why we haven't had one. COVID, no hurling being on in Ireland. Uh, I've had another baby. Giggles has two kids. Johnny has two kids. We're we're back hurling here ourselves. So there's there's lots been going on. But as hurling is about to kind of kick back off and it has in the league the last few weeks, we're keen to get back going for the, from here on into the rest of the year. And um, we've got a good show for you today. We've got... Look back at the league so far, kind of where we're up to with hurling and the hurling landscape. We've got a Giggles corner, and also then, obviously, there's been so much press this year around hurling, the ball, freeze, the game, high-scoring matches, everything. We're going to have a look at some of those things as well. So, uh, Coming up first, we're going to have a look at the league and where we've got to so far. It's always, you know, a great show. You know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and but you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started. Let's say our first game with with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you brought up with and you reared with, and there's there's nothing like going back there, like. The one the fancy open top bus line. I think we had Dublin's Richard Dublin's lorry and really, yeah. up, up on the back of the lorry and off down. It's just lovely country and a few bonfires. Great to hear the O'Connors haven't heard him in a long time. Giggles, you were very excited when, when the league came back on and it kind of hit, hit us all of a slap when we saw the roadmap back. There were just literally a few weeks and we were, we're back kind of straight into games. Yeah, um, yeah, it's very hard to read. Obviously, the teams had got kind of like four weeks to train and even less, I, I think, in some cases. And they were just straight back into it. And I think the biggest observation from both Division 1A and Division 1B is that Nobody is going with a sweeper. Everybody's going all out attack. Um, and it's, it seems to be, I think it's been mentioned in the press, called Samba hurling uh, throughout the league. And, and it definitely feels like that. But um, it, it, it is great to see. It's great to have it back. I think all teams will have positives and all teams will have negatives coming out of the, will, will come, coming out of the league. And 
we don't know whether it's a lot of shadow boxing or whether teams are going full gung ho because the championship is so close. It's two weeks away. Yeah, look, it's been very interesting watching on, especially from here as well. Kind of, you don't have your normal kind of feeling way into it with the kind of preseason tournaments in the kind of January, February, slowly building into the league. It was like bang, the league's on. No crowd still. Obviously, that's changed as of the last couple of weeks. We've seen you know a couple of hundred people dribble back in, which has been great to see, especially in Ireland coming out of our lockdown and kind of into some um, spectators at games, but. I've watched a couple of Kilkenny matches in particular. I've seen him play against Wexford, seen him play against Leash, a song against Clare to Weekend. And it's very hard to get a read on it. It's so hard to get a read on the games. Given the high scoring in these matches, it, it's it's just it's hard to get your head around compared to what National League is normally like. Now, obviously, he's been played a lot later in the year than normally, which obviously is affecting, you've got good ground, good ground conditions, that type of thing as well. But it just doesn't seem to be hurling like we saw especially towards the end of last year it seems to be remarkably I would say it feels a lot different than what we saw towards November December last year it seems to be really like um, all traditional league hurling where like you know the results are up and down all over the place you're not really showing your hand too much people are trying out things because of those um, lack of um, pre-league you know tournaments like the World Cup and all that kind of stuff so like they're really using their panels as much as they can, and and you're seeing a different game. You're seeing, um, you're seeing. The, I guess you're seeing the trend and conditioning and the fitness levels all coming up in on all aspects of all teams in the two groups, and they all seem to be most of them seem to be playing a, a similar type of, you know, as as Giggle said, a samba type hurling where they're just holding the ball a bit like, you know, like we've seen in Barcelona where you just keep possession for as long as you can and then poking holes and in defenses. But yeah, it's it's. And there's been a lot of talk as well about the game and there's been a lot of commentary through League Sunday and whatever you have you have it in the press and there's there's fellas talking about slitters and they're talking about the way hurling is gone and it's yeah, it's just it's the same thing over over again. The older fellas are out of it are not happy with the evolution of the way hurling is going and why can't we go back to the one on one, the manly stuff and all this kind of rubbish being talked about it. So I think it's been very very phony in terms of form and things like that, but I'd say like championship is only around the corner another week or two now. So I think you'll see a much, much more different game coming out in championship and I'd say it'll be a lot more hotly contested. It won't be the massive goal scoring that we've seen already, especially in in division one A. Yeah, it's interesting Patrick Horgan was saying that you know questioning like what's the sense of doing this pre season in November, December and normal times when he feels like in the in the three or four weeks they came back because you're playing matches straight away week after week he reckons they've got up to the pitch a lot quicker than they normally would have just because you're you're back playing games and feeling your way back into games more than anything else which is an interesting take on normally you know your big lead in time could be 10-12 weeks before you're you're playing a match yeah it goes it goes to show you just don't need it like I think the, the AFL players to use a comparison over here probably have an 8 to 10 week pre-season now they are far more superior in terms of their physicality and their fitness and their strength because they have to be because of the type of game. If you've got your eye in and you're touching and you're working on your strength and conditioning in the off-season, I think four to six weeks seems to be perfect. And I think the Limerick strength and conditioning coach came out and was very specific on that, that six weeks was the absolute optimal time to get back into it. Um, Everybody looks very fit. They look very sharp. Like, if somebody hits a wide, it's like nearly, oh, my God, there's a disaster. They're so accurate at the moment. The, the one thing you'd probably question, and I think it's because teams have become, become so good at playing as a team, 
is around um, just defensively. Players seem to be able to get a shot away without a lad having a glove on him. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if Galway are scoring five twenty five, right, four twenty of it is kind of coming handy without a kind of a or being struck across the hand or across the leg like you would be used to where you're under that pressure. And that was the, the one disappointing thing from watching the league games, especially if we take the Cork-Limerick game, I know, which was an absolute joke, but I was I got up at five o'clock in the morning and looked forward to watching that and I went back to bed at quarter past five because it was a load of shite. Um, so it's the, that bit, like you can understand some of the older people going on about manliness and physicality. I think they're going too far looking for an old quote in the paper, to be honest, but... There is an element that is, it's not as enjoyable when it isn't as physical or tight, and your players have to you have to use even more skill because of the proximity of the tackle to be able to score. And I think that's one piece that's been less enjoyable about watching the games. But as a measure of those two things, I think it's it's the skill levels have gone so high and the fitness levels have gone so high that they're able to create that space and move into that space more. And it is a bit of a, it is a bit of you know a thing about the league as well, you know. It's not it's not a do or die situation, and you will see that close in much much more in come championship because there's more desperation in there. Mm-hmm. Fellas will be committing a lot tighter. They'll have game plans where they won't leave that space in front of whoever their dangerous forwards are, like T.J. Reid or or uh, the Bennets or you know Patrick Horgan. You won't see that space, and you'll see all that closed down and and covered off and. I think, but you are. It is true though. This, this, like it was, it was actually enjoyable to watch how clinical they are with their passing and the way that they go through the patterns of the game, working the lines. Some of the teams like Limerick are a joy to watch the way they do it. They seem to, have, you know, starting to step up into a few gears now again at the latter end of it, of the league. Watford look very, very good. Was um, is it Shane Bennett's um? Shane or, Bennett's a theories edition. Back, he's so yeah. fast. He's great in the air. He's so accurate. He's a tough and bit of stuff as well. Yeah. Daisy Hutchinson is that's coming on an awful lot as well. And it looked like Ozzy could be going back towards the back, the back line again, which would be a good solid thing for them as well. So it is all shaping up pretty well at the moment. Um, but do you think? I, so? I, I think it, I think it's a joy to watch it. Really, the skill yeah. levels are just phenomenal. But do you really think it's interesting? Like if if you're out playing the league now and the championship is on, we'll say Saturday week. It was Clare Watford is the first game. Is that Saturday or the Sunday Eagles? I've no idea what day it is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's two well, weeks time. Now. It's not even two weeks time, so it's you know it's it's very very soon. Are you going to all of a sudden see this snap to a completely different game because it's not like it's no, not, like I don't not know. A you're gonna, game, but I think there'll be just less space, like yeah, because that's that's what I'm interested in. Like, is in they're being together for a limited period of time. They've played these games and they're straight in. There's there, you know I I don't think we can see it like all of a sudden a different type of. Hurling, are we going to see a more physical game? I don't know. I think this is what we could see for the next eight to ten weeks. I, 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 what's Johnny? 20, 27th of June, 27th June, yeah, 27th of June, yeah, yeah. So it's on the, on the Sunday. So, yeah, I, I, that's the one for me. I think that would be kind of a litmus test of what way are they going to set up? How will Waterford set up? How will Clare set up? Will it be completely different to what we've seen? I just think that's a big thing to turn around in, in nine days' time. You, I think, look, you won't go back to the game of, you know, the early noughties, you know, the Tipping Kikini all in the finals that we had. You won't see that, you know, head-to-head, blow-by-blow, you know, type of game, I think. It'll it'll, it'll be will, it'll be the way it is in the league at the moment, but it'll just be a little a lot like closer. There won't be blowouts, I don't think. Mm. I think there's a lot of teams up there who are very close at the moment to Limerick. Um, and I guess 
I suppose, to Galway are probably the two top teams we're talking about at the moment who seem to have the depth there. I think mean, for close in the chasing pack of that and then the rest behind, I guess. But you're you're not going to see a total blowout out of the top four, five teams anyway. Yeah, we've and we've also got the same format that we had for the championship last year in Munster and Leicester, which I think worked worked out quite well in terms of the condensed nature of it. And you get you know you kind of get that second bite. It's going to be interesting to see how how it plays out. L- last year was quite unique, obviously, in that we didn't think we were going to get a championship. But then we got one. I was a massive fan of the round robin in Munster and Leicester. I did like the way everyone played. Mm. Everyone, I actually thought that was really good. I appreciate this year again. You know, they're trying to sandwich it in and also try and get a club season in, not in the, in the depths of winter. So it's kind of yeah, we kind of have to ride through this year and then see if things snap back to not well what is normal. I don't know anymore, but you know, it, it's all up in the air again. I suppose the GEA scenario, but we have a condensed time frame. It's going to get played off, and Ireland as a country is on the up in terms of its, I suppose, its response to COVID, which kind of means that it's more than likely than not to go ahead in, in com- completeness. Yeah, I, I reckon if, if and next year, I think they've promised that it's going to be the split season, the club and inter-county. So if that's the case, they can't really do the round robin in Munster and Leinster without incorporating it into the league, right? Because you can imagine the games that are going on now in the league and then you were to play another league within the, you know, two or three weeks, let's just say, it wouldn't wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. So they'll have to look at how they, if they're going to play round robin, how they incorporate it, or are they just going to stick with this format, which is kind of relatively straight knockout bar the back door. Which I think, if you're distinguishing between league and championship, you should stick with that. Not I I loved the round robin games as well. It was great, but they're league games, right? That's what they are. They're league games, the Leinster League, the Munster League, and then you go play knockout games if, if you qualify. Yeah, but they do like their league games. But every game does matter, as you know, because you're, oh. you, if you don't win, you you are gone. You know what I mean? Like you had to get in that top three, fourth and fifth were out. You know, so there was a pretty, it was pretty fine margins in the in that scenario. Oh, I know we didn't get out at all, but um, I think I I I I think there has to be some sort of differentiation between the championship or the league. Otherwise, what's the point of playing the league? Yeah, yeah. You know, you win a league title and then you go play another round robin and. The way the two groups are stacked at the moment, Division One A is all the good teams, Division One B is all the bad teams, and that wasn't fair either. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you do say that. Like, is in like Kenny being in One B, like it's compared to like you, you much rather Kenny as a Kenny sport being playing Limerick, Galway, Cork, whatever, going into this this period, especially in the contentious time frame, because you see him playing winning some of those matches. Like, Bar obviously they lost to Clare the weekend. What? Where? Where are those teams at? You know what I mean, and it's very hard to get a read on it, really, given the the, the the limited run into the actual championship. Yeah, I think I think uh, the five teams, Baron Westmead, right in Division One A, all have good things and, and bad things to work on. But if you take Kilkenny particularly in One B, because I think Wexford are just gone though at the moment. They don't seem to be able to get together at all. Clear are coming with a bit of momentum, but you just don't know what Kilkenny have. You don't know where they are. They played a terrible Wexford team. Then they played um, Dublin and Antrim, and Antrim gave them a game, Dublin gave them a game, and then they lost to Clare. So it's hard to see where Kilkenny are at. Now, that's not to say that they're not in a great place, and Brian Cody would be delighted to come in under the radar, but it's, yeah. It's, I, it's, I, 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 my take on Kilkenny is that it's, a, it's an average Kilkenny team, I would say, but I think, you know, they might get to another and semi-final. They might. Yeah. But that's I think that that's where they're at. Like, you know, I don't... I don't. T- 
TJ Ryan now is becoming one of my most favourite pundits just because for his one-liners. And he called Kilkenny, they were the Joe Dolan show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a one-man band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> TJ, and, and he's probably not far off there. They're like, when you take TJ out of that team, you take out serious. Cody, you know, Cody uh, and Mullen, a. Mullen are, are, are two serious men up, up front. Cody and, and, Mullen are and Billy Ryan is actually kind of shaping up to be, have an impact as well, I think. But They're yeah. caught probably at the back. At the moment, yeah, I think they're caught. I think they're caught midfield as well. Midfield, I would say they're, they're, they seem to get a bit of shape in their backs at the moment. They have a solid full back line with Tommy Welsh, Hugh Lawler, and Deegan. I think yeah. that's fairly solid. Like yeah. you take that full back line. Park Wells seems to be slotted in at number six. Brown, Brown wing back is not good enough. Yeah, yeah. He, he would, the other number, who's number five again? Uh, he's from Bally Hale. I can't think. Off the top of my head, I can't think of his name, but he's wing back for Bally Hale for. All right. Okay. So it's a. It's a, it's a Small enough half back line. Isn't well, he's it? no, he's he's a giant. He's around six foot four, um, and he actually heard quite well at the weekend. But I just don't know has he the hurling for for wing back yeah. for Kenny. When, when they come up against Keen Lynch, Garrod yeah. Hegarty, and Tom, what's his name, Morrissey. Yeah, like now every half back line would be would be fearing that. But if you compare it with Watford, if Austin Lees comes back and he plays wing back, and you've Ira Daly at centre back, and you've Callum Lyons at wing back, you're looking at a half back line there that's kind of. Fairly impressive compared to maybe where where they were maybe a year or two ago. Even though Ty Debarca is gone, but yeah, I, I I think it's very interesting. Cork as well had a great start and then kind of faded. You don't know where they are really, but I think they've got some positives and still some holes at the back. Um, Claire, yeah. Derek Corcoran, sorry, Derek Corcoran for Derek Corcoran. The, the, yeah. goal, the goal scoring thing out of Cork is very positive this year. I mean, they had 16, 16 or eighteen goals in the in the league, and all the results didn't go their way, and did some lackluster performances. But they should have put away a Galway as well at the weekend. But <clears throat> I think yeah, they're still missing one or two backs. Uh, full back, I'm not sure about, and whether Cadigan's going to be one wing back. I don't know. I think Coleman is settled at centre back. Um, the two cornerbacks are solid. Um, our, our attacking prowess is pretty good, and that's where you're hoping to, you're probably hoping Cork outscore people rather than, you know, they just outscore the opposition. You know, they don't want people relying on their rock solid defence, and yeah. Um, but I think you like you didn't look at like Tipperary are still kind of humming away and nothing really been talked about them. You know, their results are pretty good throughout the league. Like they're still third. Like I think they last. Last one or two games, I think they, they drew two games as well. So I, I think it's only one game they actually lost in the in yeah, the, the, in the league. So they're they're still humming away. Like Waterford look very very good, coming coming very strong. Dizzy Hutchinson is yeah, is coming to another level again. Like, did, did, did you see big... his goal? Um, not last week's game, the weekend before, where he caught it over man's head and and buried straight in the corner. It was just phenomenal freaking he, goal. He's getting a lot of good goals, yeah. In fairness, so I I think. Connor Prunty and Austin Beast went off injured at the weekend, and they, they, that'd be a massive worry. Like that—that's two of your best backs taken out of it there. Um, but I think to com- contrast, like and I know Cork gave Waterford actually a good beat at the very start, but hard to read it, anything into that now. Like, is there? I, I would just say Limerick, Galway, Waterford, Tip, Kilkenny, right? Clare, even no, I take Clare out of that. Those, those ones. You know their forwards are going to work like hell to kind yeah. of defend as well as think. Whereas. There's the there's the 50% chance even nearly that the Cork forwards will turn up and they'll decide to work or decide to not work. And like in the current intercounty game, just watching it, it's like you can't do that. Otherwise, you just lose momentum and you'll get creamed by five or eight points coming down the straight because the other teams are just finding it too easy to pick passes. Yeah. So look, look, I think look, that's a good 
exact summary I suppose of the league and where we are so far we, we will do a championship preview during the week of we got obviously Leinster Championship on the Saturday we got Dublin Antrim and Wexford Leash and then on the Sunday we got Clare Waterford so we, we'll do that during the week it, where are we at we don't really know and we're going to go on a roller coaster ride for the next eight weeks which will be brilliant and if you, if you look back at last year and, and where that took us with the games bang 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 it is going to be very very enjoyable and this time it's played in the middle of summer which you know, yeah. no matter what lends itself to better conditions and better hurling. So look, it is it is going to be very 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 exciting. So um, we we look forward to that. But coming up next now, we have got the return of Giggles Corner. I talk to God as much as I talk to Satan, cause I want to hear both sides. Does that make me cynical? There are no miracles, and this is no miraculous life. I savor hate as much as I crave love because I'm just a twisted guy. Is this the pinnacle? Is this the pinnacle? The pinnacle of being alive? Now I see the light. We're going well, lads. But, lads, bring the bit of fucking government into your play the next day now on the tigerish play. The discipline, the tightness. The the, 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 the the rough and tumble stuff out around the middle of the field, the fucking breaking ball, a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lads. A grain of rice will tip the scale. But you'll have to get steely tough upstairs, and you must be willing to fucking break your gut. You were fucked over the line twice. Fucked over the line like you'd catch a fucking loaf of bread and fucked you over the line with his shorts up. And what that does is, it lifts the opposition. We don't want to see no Westmead man fucked about. Is that clear now, Alan? No more. You'll have to be closer. Closer to fuck. We'll have to fucking crash into these fellas and test out their fucking pulse. Because I'm telling you, lads, these fellas that play good football if they're alone. Give me one fucking guarantee, each and every one of you, that you're going to be tighter, that you're going to be more disciplined, that you're going to be more tigerish, and that you're going to take the fucking game to these fellas. That these fellas will get such a fucking shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their fucking asses for fucking ten years. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. This ain't a miracle. Oh. Oh. No, Giggles, there's a good intro for you. Giggles Connor, welcome back. Every, every time I hear that one, all I can hear is Shami Kremen in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will have to pull a few bars of that one now, like Sunday Lee, when I we're so, yeah. taking Ancient Fame. A so. bit of ground to make up, but anyway. Um, yeah, we're doing a power ranking here, lads, after the league. As I said, we don't know where we are, but we're going to give it a shot. Um, we'll go through 10 to 1. I'm not going to go in anything below number 10. Um, but at number 10, I've got Dublin. I think they're really, really struggling. Um, they seem to have the cooler boys plus a few more. So they've got a club team, basically. And they can't seem to get any traction whatsoever in terms of momentum or anything like that. So I, I just think they're, they're in a bad place. I wouldn't Matty surprised. Kenny, has Matty Kenny been a flop? He, well, if he, if he, if he loses Antrim, 100% he's been a flop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were telling him, Giggles, to do great things, by the yeah. way. I was, I was, that's fair, a fair point, but the, the step up between club management and inter management obviously is a big step. Uh, he's got two club All-Irelands in the back pocket, but he, he hasn't got a championship win in Leinster yet. Uh, anyway, 
We'll move on. Number 19. He's got no championship wins since he started. At all. Not, not in Leinster, unless they Jeez. beat Leash. Did they in the championship? He's only there two years. Yeah, you're probably right. I know. I'll, I'll check that out there while you're going along. <laughs> Actually, no, that is wrong. I'm wrong. Because they were in their own robin, they knocked all the way out. And so they got a win that, they got two wins that year, oh, but then they yeah. got beaten by Leash in the in the quarters. Anyway, number nine, I reckon the team of the league so far, lads, has been Antrim. Like, in fairness, Darren Gleeson's gone up from Tipperary. He drives up there three times a week, which is a fair going. You get well paid for it. You get well paid for it. I'm sure he's getting well paid for it, Liam, but like from driving eight it's hours mileage. a day. Mileage, sure. He's all in the mileage. <laughs> okay, Kenny lads can't give any temporary lad a, a, a break at all, but he's after doing an amazing job. And I think he's just taken all the hurlers that they've had, that, like really, really great hurlers, and just unified them. And they're playing with a great sense of purpose. They beat Clare. They pulled up to Kilkenny. They were, I think, two or three points down against Kilkenny with about 10 minutes to go. Drew they Wexford. beat Leash. They drew Wexford. They're in a great spot. Yeah. It's great, great to see. It's brilliant to see. Like you always wanted Antrim to kind of break through and stay like at a kind of solid level. So hopefully it's it's re- green shoots and green shoots are going to stay. Yeah, and look, they, they've they've had the club successes in the past ten years. So obviously they have the players. They just haven't been able to get together at county level, and they are getting it together now, which is great to see. Um, number eight, I have Wexford. I've written down here very, 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 very stale. It's Davy. You can't have Davy for more than three years. He's the yeah. same as Mourinho. You got to get rid of him after that. And you keep him after that, you're done. It's rotten. It's, I've heard things that it's absolutely deplorable down there. It's meant to be yeah. going really bad. So I think I think Dave, the Davy factor, the fact that he's brought through no new players, they have the same players. Do you reckon he's worn down the group? Just oh, that they're you know, hundred percent are sick of him. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Is it, is it just a high energy game he's introduced? to think, or or what is it? Or is it just he's. He's constant drive, drive, drive. But the players wanted him back. That's the gas thing about it. Like the, they the, wanted they him back the f- for the after the last tip. They wanted him back because t- you know they thought they were there. Yeah. And then yeah. they got him back, and then it was. Yeah. So they, they're in at number eight anyway. They're a good, bit, good, good way back. I can't see him doing anything. I think if I have it right, Liam, they're playing Kilkenny in the semi-final. All things, all results yeah. going as expected. Yeah. That's yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't see them beating Kilkenny. But anyway, they're at number eight. At number seven, risky one, considering they're playing Waterford. But I've put in Clare. I think they had a terrible start. I think they're, they're, they're not too dissimilar to Kilkenny in that there might be a one-man show with Tony Kelly. They have a few bright sparks around them, like Shanahan has pulled forward is good. Shane O'Donnell is in great form. Um, but I think they're, they, they've got a couple of leaky holes at the back, and I just, I just can't see them beating Waterford. Depends then who they get in the qualifiers. They, if they get Wexford or, you know, the, the losers in Leinster will be a little bit weaker than the losers in Munster, I imagine. So they should What's get a bit of a run. What's happened to John Conlon? He's at centre-back. Centre-back. All right. Yeah, yeah which is, again, it, it kind of just feels crazy. Mm. Uh, like, you can, you'd always know... He's actually heard not right there. He's actually heard not right there, though. But you, you'd always hear of, like, of, of, a, of an inter-county full forward going back playing centre-back for his club, you know, because he can kind of pull the strings. But you never hear of a... Club full forward going back to the back for his county. It's uh-huh. it's it's interesting. Um, but Brian Lowen's a good manager. He's gone through a lot of crap in the media. All the clear has been through the mud or the GPS things. There's loads of things yeah. going on. So anyway, we'll we, we, we leave it at there. They're at seven. Number six, and I don't have the words very, very, but I have the words stale written down beside Kilkenny. I think it's going to be interesting how they go. They won't get a test probably 
until they play Galway. Galway. Yeah. I think if, they they'll, come, they'll if, be, they get, if they get to Galway. They will get to Galway. And I think, Liam, what you said, they've, 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 they've a very, very light midfield in terms of, you know, and half where back they're going to make an impact. And half back line. That, that, that's a worry. You have their top four scorers all coming from the one club. Like the Cody, Mullen, TJ Reid. And Richie Reid last day, I think, scored 21 points out of the 222 or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think... They're, 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 they're drifting back the way a small bit. Um, yeah. I have Cork in at number five just slightly ahead of them. Jesus, that's a big call. Just because they have more firepower. But I think... I think I think Cork, if Darius Fitzgibbon is a, is a major player for them, he has to be absolutely humming. I think they gave Galway a good run of it, and that's why I have him ahead of Kilkenny, because they kind of showed that they can kind of keep with Galway for 65, 66 minutes. Um, but as Sean, you said the, the backs don't know where they're playing. They've got no yeah. consistency or rhythm to their back play whatsoever. Yeah, the, 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 it's very hard. Look, I the, there's a lot more positive and negatives in here from the league campaign. I think you look, they they still only last two games, last of them, Rick, which they probably gave up any in the first place by making ten changes, and they lost to Galway narrowly. So mm. I've a lot of hope coming into the championship. But I'm still wary of the back line, yeah. Yeah. Number four, then, I've got Tip. Um, yeah, I no one's talking about Tip. That's the one thing I will say. Yeah. No one's talking about no, Tip at all. Liam doesn't like that. No. Yeah, I, I, I watched them the last day now, and they had their full championship team out against Waterford. And Welsh Park is a very tight pitch. So You, 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 don't, like, you don't like Welsh Park, Eagles? I hate Welsh Park. <laughs> <And> <laughs> terrible for a corner forward or a wing forward. But anyway, the... The tip, like, would you think it would suit tip with the kind of silky hurlers, you know, not having to run that far, being able to score from anywhere? And they, they just look like the age is catching up with a lot of them, like the likes of Philip Marr, Brendan Marr, um, James Mar- Callum Mar- was Mar- absolutely Park Marr, sorry, Philip Mar- Park Mar- Mar- Make, Don't be making up Phil- Marr, new Marr players. Phil- Philip Marr played fullback as well, he's gone a while now. He's, uh... <laughs> Uh, I think I think they're just get the few mile, too many miles in the clock for Tipperary. Now they still have great forwards, but I just don't know will they have the pace to be able to last it. Um, they're playing the winners of Waterford Clare, which is look the monsters of minefields. They could easily turn one of them, one of, one of those over in a semi final and get to a monster final. But I have a minute four. I, I can't see them doing anything this year. Okay. Number three, I'm going to guess. Number three, I've got Waterford. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have had them in only till I watched them at the weekend. I thought the amount of energy they brought was ridiculous to the game. Um, like they should have won, beaten Tip by about 25 points. They went for goals. Like the first ball, Daryl Lyons got solo through the middle. The point was on from 45 yards. He tried a, a kamikaze pass into a lad to get a goal, and it broke down. And Tip got a point. Stephen Bennett had a free 30 yards out in front of the goal and Waterford were five points up with six minutes to go and he tried to flick pass to his brother Kieran to score a goal and it just didn't come off just by the smallest of margins. So they're playing with huge confidence. Um, Shane Bennett's a massive addition back there. Huge addition. like, And they're just so fast and fit. Now I would just put a caveat. I think the two games they won in the league excluding Westmead were both at Welsh Park. right? So Welsh Park is a small field. They're playing this running high intensity game which would suit playing in a smaller field. The two games, the last Galway and, and Cork were both in bigger fields and they're going to be playing in bigger fields 
in the Munster Championship, they'll probably play most of the games at Turles. So that's just a caveat on it. And if Prunty and Aston Gleeson are out, I'd be a little bit worried. Yeah. On top of Tyg de Burke gone for the year, Parag Manny gone for the year. I thought one of the positive things from a defensive play was Connor Gleeson back at cornerback. I like that one for getting more time than every other team in the top 10. I'm enjoying this so far. Well, it's making a change when we're talking about cabin football and somehow Liam brings in Kilkenny Harlan into it. But anyway, Conor Gleeson destroyed Seamus Callan and he's a big addition back in that full back line. Uh, he has been injured for a while. But anyway, we're, we're, we're optimistic in Waterford at the moment. Now, number two... Every right every right to be, I think, too, Dolly. I mean, like they were they were in the All-Ireland final last year, so they're not far off. No, no, I'm just I saying Giggle's spending more time talking about Waterford and the other teams as he's going through. He's, pre, uh, he's top 10, that's all I'm saying. No, I, 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 he knows I, more about them. I, no, but no, I, I agree though. I do think Waterford are in the top four teams in the country. Like They can't they can not be based on one, they got to learn final last year, and two, their league form so far. Like If you're doing your power rankings based at the moment, they have to be in the top three. I, I don't disagree. Two. Num- number one number one and two then, are, I think, are so tight at the moment. Yeah. I think it's so tight between the top two. I've Galway at two just because of the Limerick are the All-Ireland champions. But Galway, like Conor Whelan is scary looking. Like Can you imagine trying to mark that lad? Anybody, like, he's got so much muscle and he's so accurate, even though he looks awkward. You have Brian Concannon is a new find. Connor Cooney. Um, you have Evan Nyland. And I think what they're doing with Joe Canning is very smart. They're starting him in midfield. He scores a few long-range points. Then he land in at the edge of the square for a few minutes and no full-back. Well, like, the point he got off Connor Prunty above in Toome, where he went out to the corner, turned him, turned him on a sixpence and over the bar from the sideline. That's the skill he has, like... And defensively, they, they have it together as well. Like, Dahi Burke is in training with, or is in playing for the whole league this year. Uh, they have Shane Cooney. I'm wondering, is Gerard McInerney getting a bit lost with the shuffle? That would be my only concern about Galway. Um, is their full back line a little bit exposed? And that's probably why they're behind Limerick. But I think Galway are, are in serious shape. They'll revert to Dahi Burke back full back, I'd say, in the championship. Like, Gerard McInerney yeah. doesn't, doesn't work there, I don't How think. can you not play Dahi Burke full back? Yeah. yeah. You have to play there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I don't think the cornerbacks are that, you know, outstanding either. I think actually, if you look at two cornerbacks, I would say the tip two cornerbacks are probably the best two, you know, as a as a, com- a combination in the country. Carl Barrett and Barry Heffernan at the moment, they're very very mm. solid cornerbacks. Um, but yeah, Galway are in a serious position. Um, but then Les Limerick are just in second gear, I think, at the moment. Every single game they play, you think they're putting out a weak team because they call out the players that they're missing. But then you look at the team that they're starting and it's like, oh, geez, who's going to get dropped? They have got 24 players who will all easily start in 1-15. to They're monsters. They're slowly gliding into it. I, I think they'll just kick on from December last year. I think their All-Ireland final last year was their peak of last year. They peaked perfectly. <coughs> The blue water for the way, like Waterford just hung in there just about. They'll do the same to every team this year they'll play. They will I I think even if they play Galway this year, I think Galway only barely hung in there last year. The result kind of flattered to deceive Galway. But I think Limerick are just a cut above. Like when you've a half hour line like you have of Hegarty, Keane Lynch and Marcy, and you've inside like Graham Mulcahy's not going to get a look in this year. <laughs> he was he was a nominated mm-hmm. for the year two years ago. Peter Casey could be on the bench and he anytime he comes on he scores one two or one three. They've they've just got talent everywhere and bodies everywhere and size everywhere and they've got like 
English and Casey to come back into the full back line on top of already what's there like Sean Finn and Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash. You just don't know where to put players. Um, so on that basis, that's, I, I can't see Limerick being beaten again this year. It's hard to see him get, be beaten and also I think you saw him speak about how much it hurt him Michael Kenny turned him over two years ago. Um, and I think, you know, they want to go down, and they will go down as one of the best teams in the last four or five years, without doubt. But I think they want to put them back to back. You know, no, no, yeah. ma- no matter what, that you know hasn't been done in a long time, um, and that kind of measure of back to back colour, I think, is a huge driver for them. I think that's going to keep them. Not that they need to be kept on a sport. I think that's going to be at their back of their mind. That's their kind of motivation, particularly for this year. Yeah, I think the the one. I'm just going to draw a sentimental comparison from now. They don't even play like this team, but the Clare team back in the 90s, they won in 95. They won in 97. They came into 98, you know, invincible. A lot of things went against Clare that year. This Limer team are obviously different. It's a different era, but you kind of have the same feel about them. Clare got caught in 96. They were invincible at the time in 98, and they just kind of faded off. I, I don't see that happening to this Limer team. I'm just kind of more hopeful from a Waterford perspective that they <laughs> might end up like that. <laughs> I think a lot of humbleness as well about the Limerick team just you know just screams out that they want to be regarded as one of those great teams who have done the back to back because there's so many teams of late who've failed to do it. Yeah. Um and I think we still have this we still have Limerick up on a pedestal but I'd say in their own minds they still want that back to back to just definitely. put themselves into greatness like and like they would be deserving of it too. I mean look they are but like make no bones about it like Alway and Waterford are really really close to them like they're not that far off them they are uh, not I, I, miles I think, off I think, them, I, think, I, think if, I think if Waterford had tied the Burke and Park Manny we might be a bit closer but I, I just don't see us getting near Limerick yeah, I don't see anyone getting near Limerick well let's hold that for our championship preview for next week because I think it's hard to disagree with your with your power rankings I might swap Kilkenny and Cork around that's the only one I would swap around <laughs> based on that's, like you know that's I, just your that's just your um your own boys and you can't bear no, to I just well like you look at Quaff Cork done they've done nothing really in the last number of years they've had no impact on the championship Kenny no matter what you know, won Leinster last year probably shouldn't have won it but they did the year before that they turned over Limerick got to sure Leinster is a far far less a, a division than Munster is like not really. you know, they won't go there compared to Cork compared to Cork like, we're talking about Cork and Kenny there's no point in going you know, in terms of a head to head team I wouldn't worry about playing Cork is what I'm saying if you can get him in, in, in the Championship. I'd love to get him this year in the Championship. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it'll be a good one, lads. We look forward to yeah. that if both of them get in the qualifiers. You brilliant. I will really hope we do. I really yeah. do. Yeah, because yeah, there's a, a big famine to break. And Giggles, we were into our second last year of our $500 bet. Second last year, yeah. Second saving, last? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is second. I, I worked it out in the <laughs> time, yeah. So they've, but I, I, but I'll, do, I'll do you solidly now, right? I'll give you a $300 out right now live on air. Oh. Give me the tree. No way. Okay, we take 500. 500, what's 500, 300? <laughs> yeah, I'm in for enough as it is. Okay, can you have to win the other in the next two years? Yeah, it was a five-year. Yeah. Giggles said they wouldn't run for five years in 2017. Yeah, and it would be seven years then um, at that stage they won't have won it by when they yeah. don't win it. Which, is, which was 93 to 2000. Anyway, okay, <laughs> let's call it on the power rankings there. I'm going to wrap up and have a, couple, have a look at a couple of things. The slitter, fouling, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. Stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, I, I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love Jamalan. Oh,
hard to take, but her mind has been made up. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Okay, a couple of things I want to cover off before we finish up. I'm, I'm putting a time on. We've got three minutes, so we've got minute and a half to cover off up these few things I want quick fire comments from Giggles and, and from and from Shawnee so uh, first thing is the slitter right there's there's two things being talked about one is the weight of the slitter and the other is the colour of the slitter right so we've had Patrick Horgan come out this week he's saying the yellow slitter doesn't have the same feel as the white slitter never mind the actual the colour of it he said he couldn't follow the ball on the television at the weekend the yellow one he says it's ridiculous thinks the white one should come back and he also thinks there's a different sound off it now we we were lucky enough to get two dozen yellow slitters sent out to us here in Melbourne because we were started playing some games under lights ourselves. Giggles, you were a massive fan of the yellow slitter under lights. In terms of field, did you notice any difference compared to the white slitter? I, I think they, they, they seem to get wetter and looser on the leather quicker. Whether that's something to do with the dye that's put on them, I have no idea. That that was my only note, notice on them. Um, I, I, I think I'm a fan from, like, we train under lights a lot and I just think your first touch is better because you can see, like, it could be minus, minuscules, but going back to when you're training with a yellow ball for, like, let's say half an hour, let's say you're doing another drill in and a white ball comes in, I notice the difference in the white ball then negatively after using the yellow ball. So in the dark, though, that's about. in the dark. In the dark, that's true, that's in the dark, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. uh, it's just interesting that, yeah, we're in the middle of summer now. Fair enough, I think, for last year they played, they were playing hurling in, under under lights a good bit like it, it was a kind of a you know a winter series championship. We're playing games in the middle of summer now. We're, we're still using the yellow ball, whereas you compare it to to soccer and those kind of things. You have the white ball at the start of the year in, in the Premiership, and then as it goes into the winter, to bring in the luminous yellow ball. But for some reason now we're just going oh it's it's, it's luminous yellow. So it's interesting that players are Patrick Horgan is talking about. But I think the other interesting thing is the weight of the ball is getting discussed a lot about the how far players are hitting the ball now. I know there is a committee that's looking at the ball um, and whether the ball should be changed so that it doesn't travel as far. Personally, I think it's... It's the same, it's the same weight. Yeah. J- J- Scahill did the thing where he weighed both slitters and they both weighed 106 grams each. The 2005 slitter and the, yeah. the 2021 slitter. So but, there's, to make, but to make it heavier, they're thinking of making it heavier. Like this, rubbish. This like I, I, I had to change it for no, no, they, there's talk of whether they change it so it impacts the game mm. in terms of you can't strike the ball as far. So I, I, I think the, the biggest thing that's kind of uh, an eyesore on the game at the moment is the corner forward or the full forward going back to his own 45 to take the free, right? And nine times out of ten at the moment now, he's scoring that. You right? do that, Giggles, but you but, miss him. But I miss him, yeah, right? But the, 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 the 45 seconds or a minute it takes for him to go back just breaks the whole play up and it's a disaster and I'd nearly be a fan right of two potential solutions right one in hurling how cool would it be when you're free you have to take it yourself right like yeah, the, like you wouldn't the funny, be a fan of I wouldn't game. be doing it that's yeah that's what they do there. here in the NFL and there's a free but, it's whoever has the ball kick, kicks the free no, you, you, that'll bring in negative things like because if, if Liam had the ball up in the forwards, like they'd be absolutely dragging out of him because they know they, they want him to hit the free. Whereas <laughs> if you had a Chani, it might be different, right? But That's fair. Or, or, or the other thing I was just thinking, right? If there's a free in your own half, right? Because I think you can reward scores from playing your own half, but a free in your own half can't be scored, right? So it just it promotes that in the box, in around the box play or the high ball in and get the excitement back into it and it stops the corner forward coming out 100 yards wasting a minute. Or the, the other scenario is if you get a free, there's a shot clock on the free. Yeah. So like you win the free, as soon as the whistle is blown for the free, the free has to be struck within within 25 seconds. So if you are a corner forward, you're not going to get out and back. 
Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad one actually. Yeah. Is there's, there's a couple of solutions. Making the ball heavier isn't, isn't no, a good idea. Bullshit, there's that breaking hurleys. <laughs> to be lads going cracked at home in clubs because they'd be paying fortune for hurley because they'd have to get a hurley every second game because they'd be breaking them, hitting the heavier slitter. It's 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 just the fact that players have got more skillful over the years. The hurleys have bossed and the condition and the condition of the players hitting the ball. It, that's it. It's it's this it's the it's the condition of them, the strength of them, the skill of them, the pace of them. Like they everything is all coming up to the speed of the game. Like the speed of the players are coming up to the speed of the game. No, like so that's what's actually happening. <laughs> I just gave Sonia, I give Sonia a round of applause there on Microsoft Teams there for that point. Um, look, that's that's that that's the ball covered off. Last one I'm going to cover off is Martin Fogarty's article that he had on the GA website around where the game is at in terms of people complaining about the amount of frees that have been given away in the league. And I don't know, have Sonia and Giggles, have you read the article of Martin yeah, Fogarty? Brilliant, brilliant article. Yeah, he's he's the one kick any man to talk sense and tell you that he's, he's, he's actually not, no, he's one of many, he's, he's, but. Um, he's, a, he's a serious thinker about things. Like you Kenny, must be, I didn't know he's Kilkenny man. He was the co- he was Kenny, a recording for about ten years. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, definitely. Sorry. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You, you, you must be embarrassed watching Jackie Tyrrell every every Sunday night team oh, at this stage. Right? Like keeping out about manliness, and he's wearing three quarter length pants and no socks. That I don't think you're fa- you're what you wear depicts manliness. Giggles. I think it's a very narrow narrow view of masculinity. What that's, is that's what you well, that's what Giggle's definition not, is, is clothing. Not, it's, not headline, it's not headline grabbing anyway. Anyway, it's Martin right. Fogarty's point was brilliant because, right, and, and he picked out managers as the classic example that they're giving out stink for Safaris, yet the minute their player is touched, they're jumping up and down on the sideline. And, and that was the best comparison or analogy I've heard used about it. And as well like, that they're being coached to foul. Yes. Yeah. Like, is in you're being coached to... You know, slap with your hand, slap the hand of the player as he's going in with the ball, slap the hurl, all the different things that you're you're being coached to do now to, to try and get away with. Like the uh, like, famously, Kenny were, was what they used always doing you know, the dark arts, but everyone now is there's a consistent underlying foul being yeah, coached yeah. throughout the intercounty game. But like Jackie Terrell gives out about the art of defending, the art of defending isn't the physicality. The art of defending is standing your man up waiting for the te- the chance to flick. That's why the four steps is in there, that it gives a, a, the defender a chance to get in the flick. And you're you're meant to defend the ball. You're not meant to defend the man. And yeah. that's what the whole art of defending is about. And Jackie well, thinks it's all about busting fellas with, with shoulders into the chest like he got away with Jamie Callan a couple of years ago. One, one that's, not, <laughs> that's not defending. But it's to be fair, if you're, you're, I feel Jackie, picking ball. out Jackie Turley, Jackie Turley used winning his own primary ball as well, though, to be fair. Like it wasn't just like defending can be done in different ways. Whether it, fouling is it's it's mo, it's not just in defending. It's they're talking about it across across the board. Whether it's in the forwards or the, or defence. But you know it's been good. You know it's been, like since they brought in this black card penalty rule, right? Yeah. Whether it's directly attributable to it or not, there's been a significant amount more goals scored. Right. That's just yeah. you can't argue yeah, with that. Yeah. Now, the league is the league this year, and while it's in the summer and all that kind of stuff, and if you're not taking games seriously in the summer, you're going to score more. But that seems to have made a positive impact. All the hullabaloo about it. They have to make sure that they keep the advantage rule in hurling, right? Because that yeah, the first okay. two weeks were crazy. Um, you have to allow the advantage. Jack Pender has scored probably the point of the year at the weekend. And if there was, by right, he should have been called back for a free. But um, I think I think the, the tackle is just awkward in hurling. They probably need to define it. I think everyone's talking about that. You tackle the ball, as Sean, he said, not the man. I think it'll be fine once it comes around the championship. I think it's just a storm in a teacup, to be honest. 
Okay, well, that's the last two thoughts on that. We're coming up on time. Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks very much, Giggles. We will be back next week for our championship preview. Please get in touch with us on Akadega on Twitter, on Akadega on Instagram. Well, Shawnee's banning the Instagram at the moment. Seven Giggles have deleted Instagram. Shawnee's the only one keeping that going. So if you're seeing any kind of strange followers or strange you know, people he's looking at there, that's all down to Shawnee at the moment. Um, so please get in touch, Akadega at gmail.com. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Shawnee. Thanks, Giggles. Thanks, lads. Great. Good to be back, lads. Great to, to be, be back. back. And uh, we'll see you next weekend. Thanks to O'Neill's at O'Neill Sports AU on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>